2 Timothy chapter 2. And uh, we, we're pausing um, our other sermon series. We're pausing our uh, coexist series. And we're just looking through a couple of few things and talking about our core, our essence, who we are as a church. We're going to continue that this week. 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2. We'll look at verses 1 through 13. This is God's Word. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hard-working farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal. But the word of God is not bound. Therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is trustworthy. For if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are Faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. This is God's word. Amen? Amen. He was born in Albany, Georgia, September of 1930. And he had the unique ability of literally fusing together country music, R&B, gospel, all at the same time. This was a bad dude. You know his name. His name is Ray Charles. Ray Charles grew up in Albany, Georgia uh, with his mother, Aretha. Ray Charles has an interesting story. One of the things I love about Ray Charles is he tells the story of growing up in his neighborhood in, there in Georgia. He had a neighbor, and you may know the name Ray Charles, but you may not know his neighbor's name. His neighbor's name is Wiley Pittman. Wiley Pittman, next door, grew up, to, uh, grew up with Ray Charles. He was a guy who owned a store, a general store uh, and a cafe in the neighborhood. Ray Charles would be out playing with his friends and he'd be hanging out in the front yard. And all of a sudden, Ray Charles would hear the tapping of a piano there in the store. And everything would stop for Ray Charles. He'd run in that store, he'd hop on the bench with Wiley Pittman, and he'd just watch. He'd soak it all in. He was mesmerized by the music. And he would get so excited at times, true story, he would take his fist as Wiley Pittman was playing, and he would bang both of his fists as a three-year-old boy on the keys of the piano. 
Wiley Pittman would politely take his hands and instruct Ray Charles on how to play the piano. He actually taught him which keys gave off which sounds. Ray Charles wasn't blind to the age of six. So Wiley Pittman literally taught Ray Charles how to play the piano. Why in the world would a guy do something like this? Ray Charles said in his own words, he said, I came in there and he could have thrown me out of that place, but he didn't. Ray Charles would say in his own words, I don't know where I would be without Mr. Pittman. And you know what it is? It's discipleship. It's discipleship. Mr. Wiley Pittman literally carried Ray Charles along in his craft. He taught him the art of playing the piano. He discipled him. And when we come to our text this morning, that's exactly what we're going to see. We're going to see a relationship between Paul and Timothy. We are going to see discipleship. Discipleship. One of the main ideas I want us to see this morning in our time together is that we'll see that we are to be a church that multiplies ourselves into others. That we are to be a church that multiplies ourselves into others. Then we'll see a few things that we should teach based on Paul's words. This morning we're going to talk about our core is to make disciples. But before we go to work, let's pray. Father, would you just meet with us this morning? Would you be present with us? Would you have your way in this place this morning? Father, you have not promised to bless my words, but you've promised to bless your word. So would you do that, God? Would you make clear for us this morning the command to make disciples? Would you challenge us? Would you inspire us to go to work to that end? Father, move me aside. that You may have your way. I pray that I would decrease, that you would increase in this place. Have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Second Timothy is actually one of my favorite books of the Bible, and for many reasons, but one of them is because of the drastic transformation that we see in Timothy's life. Timothy was raised by his grandmother Lois and his mother Eunice. His dad was never around. And he saw Paul and Timothy was inspired by Paul. He was with Paul during much of his ministry. And as a fly on the wall, things were more caught than taught. He watched Paul. He learned from Paul. And Paul helped grow Timothy up in the faith. Paul and Timothy had an incredible relationship, and we can see it in the Scriptures. Paul loved Timothy, and he challenged Timothy in the faith. Paul says in 1 Timothy 4.12, Timothy, don't let anybody look down on you because you are young. But you, Timothy, he says, set an example for believers in speech, in love, in conduct, and in faith. Paul is writing Timothy from prison to push him along in the faith. Paul would say to Timothy things like, Timothy, for God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. 
Paul would say, Timothy, don't you be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord. See, Paul prayed for Timothy. He encouraged him. He, he loved him. And he viewed Timothy as his own son. Paul knew Timothy so well that he knew that he had a natural proclivity to be timid. And that's why he said, Timothy, you be strong in the faith. Don't let anybody look down upon you because you are young. God did not give you a spirit of fear, Timothy. He called him his own son. See, what we get to peek in on is this relationship between a guy and Paul who understands that he will not live forever. So he has the heart to pass along all that has been poured into him. He has the the willingness to, to pass along and to invest in Timothy all that has been given to him. Look at how he speaks of Timothy. Paul says to Timothy in chapter 1, he says, To Timothy, my beloved child. And again, in uh, in the first verse of our passage, Paul says, You then, my child. Paul knows that if I want to pass on all that has been invested into me, I'm going to pour it into my son, my beloved son, my child, Timothy. From this, we ought to see that we ought to be a church that multiplies ourselves into others. Look at verse 1 and 2. Paul says this, Be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men or humanity who will be able to teach others also. Key word here is the word entrust. Entrust. The word is a command which means to set before, to demonstrate, or to point out. Paul is saying, Timothy, I command you, not when you just get around to it, but Timothy, I command you to take what I have given you and to demonstrate and to point out those things to people who are trustworthy and faithful. Notice what Paul does in verse 3 through 7. He gives three metaphors. Here's another command, verse 3, he says, Share in suffering. Paul says, suffer with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. He says, no soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted in him. And then secondly, he says, an athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. Then he says, it is the hard-working farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Here's the point. The call to you and I to make disciples, Paul wants us to know that it is difficult. He says, share in suffering as an athlete, a a hard-working farmer, a soldier. He's letting us know that the call to make disciples, to pour and invest ourselves into others, is a difficult call. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be work. It just doesn't happen by osmosis. Let me give you the definition of discipleship. Discipleship is the process of producing, reproducing followers of Jesus Christ. Discipleship is the process of producing, reproducing followers of Jesus Christ. 
Jesus says this to his disciples before ascending into heaven in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. He says, this is the great commission. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the earth. Did you see that? Jesus says, not when you get around to it, but the only command there in the Great Commission is make disciples. Multiply yourself into others. Make learners of me. Paul is, he, he's giving clear instructions to his son Timothy. And I love this because the instructions that Paul is giving to Timothy are the same instructions that Jesus has given to his disciples. Before Jesus sends into heaven, he gives them the great commission. And before Paul leaves this earth, before he takes his last breath, he is giving his son in the ministry and the instructions to make disciples, to pour into others. We're a stone's throw away from the medical district right down the street. We got a lot of students here, medical students, PT students, um, nurse anesthetist students. And the thing about being in school, the interesting thing is if you go to nursing school or whatever program you're in, if you're in the medical district, they're going to make you do clinicals. You have to do these clinical rotations. And a part of clinical rotations is you go in there as the new guy on the block or the new gal on the block and you stand in the operating room or you stand in the hospital room and you just watch. You watch. You pay attention to what's happening, to what the doctor is doing. And they teach you how to diagnose. They teach you how to give IVs. They teach you how to do your work. And you're learning from people that have been in the field for many years. They're experienced. You cannot get out of school if you're in the medical field without doing these clinicals. And you know what? It takes longer to get through the process when you have to teach somebody how to do it. So if if you're in there with the doctor and uh, the doctor cuts somebody open and they're doing the procedure and all of a sudden it's, it's the medical student's responsibility to close the incision. Well, they've never done it before, so it's obviously going to take more time. But... But they understand their responsibility to invest in the next generation. That's what Paul is saying here. Paul is saying that our responsibility, if we're going to be the gospel-centered church that we desire to be, your and my responsibility is to invest into others, to multiply all that has been poured inside of us into others. You know what? One of the things we know that the disciples were faithful to this. The reason we're here four years later after a Sunday morning launch at downtown church, the reason we can sit here and experience worship and sit under the teaching of the Word of God is because the disciples were obedient to the call, the command to make disciples. 
See, they so believed in all that was invested into them. They so believed in the gospel of Jesus Christ. They longed to give it away, to give it away, to give it away to others. That is our responsibility. And I want you to know that it's nobody else's responsibility but yours. Each of us, individually, have a responsibility as the church of Jesus Christ to take someone who may be one step behind us and pull them along in the faith to encourage them. My son, my daughter, I love you. Don't be ashamed. Be bold in the faith. That's our call as the church of Jesus Christ. A win for our church is having that kind of culture. A win for downtown church is having the kind of culture that that says it's not weird for somebody younger in the faith to see somebody older in the faith and to pull on their coattail to say, Hey, can you walk with me? Can Can you teach me what you've learned as you've journeyed with Jesus? A win for downtown church is for those older in the faith, in a tightest kind of way, to pour down into those who are younger in the faith, and that not be a weird thing. That's what we have to be about. And we're sitting here today because the disciples were obedient to the call to make disciples. And I love this This. This is not something that we can just cast off to the side. When we get around to it, we'll we'll tell somebody or or we'll mentor somebody. We'll, We'll pull somebody along in the faith when we get around to it. That's not what Paul is saying. Paul says, Timothy, entrust, which is a command. Jesus says, make disciples, which is a command. Not when we get around to it, but we are called to make Disciples. Then the question becomes, what should we teach those that we lead? What should we teach them? Paul helps us with this. We should teach those we lead the gospel of Jesus. We should teach those we lead the gospel of Jesus. Paul says in verse 8, Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel. Here it is. The reality that you and I could do nothing to save ourselves has to be handed off to others. The reality that there is beef between us and God because of our sin. That God has a problem with us and we are sick with sin. It cannot be cured with over-the-counter medicine. We need somebody to stand in our place for our sin. We need Jesus. That has to be passed off. We've got to teach that to others. We've got to pull others along in the faith. Paul commands, he says, remember the Lord Jesus Christ. Passing along the gospel is something that we have to be about. We need to teach that Jesus really did die. We need to teach that He was buried and that He rose again because we needed Him to. We need to teach the good news that we are convinced about. We need to pull others along in the faith. We need to teach how that gospel applies to our everyday life. What does it mean when I'm struggling? What does it mean when I'm entrenched in sin? We need to be encouraging others in those things. We need to teach the gospel of Jesus. We should teach the gospel, but we should also teach those 
who we lead how to suffer well. Paul goes on to say in verse 9, For the gospel I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal. But the word of God is not bound. Therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they may also obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. I love the explanation of this I'll give you is, according to 1 Corinthians 11, Paul experienced multiple imprisonments. He experienced countless near-death beatings. Five times he received 39 lashes. Three times he was beaten with rods. He was stoned once. Paul says that he faced dangers. He was left out in the cold. He had many sleepless nights. He went hungry and thirsty many days. Paul says, I, I, I was anxious in 1 Corinthians 11 about all of the churches and if they were doing well or not. Paul suffered. And what I want you to know is that when we make disciples, when we are pulling others along in the faith, you and I need to pass along the reality that when you come to know Jesus, it is not all peaches and cream. It is not all roses and everything in your life begins to be perfect. We need to pass along a healthy theology of suffering. Paul knew it well. Jesus knew it well. Job in the Old Testament knew it well. They knew that suffering is the real reality of every believer in Jesus Christ. It's not if, but it's when. Suffering will happen. You'll go through some hard times. And I'm not saying that we will ever experience suffering like Paul experienced suffering. But when you get that cancer report, how do you handle it? When you lose the child, as hard as that is, how do you handle it? We need to understand that we can endure through Jesus Christ. Yes, we mourn and we weep, but we can suffer well because of all that Jesus is and all that He has done. I remember when Pastor Matt Chandler there in Texas, he was diagnosed uh, with brain cancer. And I remember... Just his conversations and um, he, he talked a lot about being diagnosed with cancer and um, being rushed to the hospital and obviously all the chemotherapy that he went through. He talked about having to think about um, losing his wife and his children and not being able to be there for him. He, he talked about not being able to be there for his wife and not being able to walk his daughters down the aisle at their wedding day. But then... He mustered up the, the courage to get out the words of Job. He mustered up the courage to get out the same words that Job would declare. You give and you take away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You give and you take away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. If we are going to make disciples well, we have to give away the reality that, that suffering will come. And I know what prosperity people will tell you that your life is supposed to be healthy and wealthy and, and filled with roses. But they have to cut out all of Paul, all of Job, and all of Jesus' life because suffering will come. We not only need to teach suffering, but lastly, we need to teach those that we lead that what we experience here and now is not the end for us. 
that what we experience here now is not the end for us. Paul says in verse 11 through 13, The saying is trustworthy, for if we have died with Him, we will also live with Him. If we endure, we will also reign with Him. If we deny Him, He will also, He will deny us. If we are faithless, He remains faithful. Listen again to a part of this. It says, we will live with Him. We will also reign with Him. He remains faithful. If we are in Christ, if our faith is in Jesus as Lord, the hope that we have, the hope that we have to give to others is the reality that one day, someday, we will reign with Him and we will live with Him forever. The end of the story is not the here and now. And we have the privilege to pass that along to others in the faith. Have you ever been to a good concert? Have you ever been to a good concert? Maybe you've been to a U2 concert or maybe you've been to a George Strait concert uh, uh, for Kathleen. Or um, One of my favorite concerts that I've ever been to was a Maxwell concert. Um, and one of the things about a good concert is at the very end, you are literally sitting on the edge of your seat because you're waiting for the encore. The, 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 they play the last song and, and they, maybe the band takes off and goes behind stage, but nobody is moving for some weird reason. The concert is over, but you're waiting still for the encore, and maybe the chant begins, Encore, encore, encore. You're waiting. And encore is a French word. It means some more or again. And the band comes back out and they give you some more. And the idea there is that you realize that the end of the concert wasn't really the end, but there was some more. And what Paul is saying here is, The reality of we will live with Him, we will reign with Him if our faith is in Jesus Christ. The here and now that we are experiencing, that we live our daily life in, is not the end of the story. That's not it for us. And that's hope that we can pass along to those who we pull along in the faith. This is not the end. Somebody ought to say amen to that. This is not the end of the story. But one day, someday, we will live with Him. We will reign with Him. And He is faithful. Um, One of the things that, if you are paying attention, unless you live under the rock, you know that the iPhone 6 came out recently. Um... People waiting in line for hours. I know we got a couple in here that showed up at 6 in the morning to get the new iPhone 6 or waited for hours to get it. You know that Apple is, they are making disciples. Jordans, our kids love Jordan tennis shoes and new kicks and people will literally fight in line to get the new Jordan tennis shoes. Jordan is making disciples. All of the state of Tennessee last night was watching college football. Mississippi State and Ole Miss doing their thing, making history. 
Ole Miss football in Mississippi. I saw little babies with onesies on. I'm like, these people are crazy. Yelling with, with a beer in one hand and the baby in the other. Like, these people are nuts. Mississippi State and Ole Miss football, they are making disciples. And what Paul is encouraging you and I in this morning is that we cannot be true to the gospel of Jesus Christ if we are not pouring into somebody else and passing along that which has been invested in us. And i got to ask you this morning, will the gospel die with you? Or will you pass it along to somebody else? The reality that Jesus really did die the death that you and I should have died. That he was buried and he rose again. Are you passing that along to somebody else? And if we are to effect change in the city of Memphis, Tennessee, you will find somebody who is one step behind you and you will pull them along in the faith. You will pull them along in the faith. You will encourage them. You will pray for them. You will love them and you will teach them all that you know. As they sit on the bench next to you like Ray Charles, at times they will pound their fist on the keys. But your responsibility, our responsibility as the church of Jesus Christ is to take those little hands and to show them which keys play which sound. We are called to make disciples of all nations. Not when you get around to it. But we are commanded to make disciples. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would compel our church to be faithful to your call to make disciples. Father, I pray that we would be producing, reproducing followers of Jesus Christ. I pray that the truth that you have invested into us, I pray, God, that we would give it away. We would give it away and we would give it away. Lord, I pray for those who are questioning that they don't have the ability to do this. They don't know enough. I pray, Father, that you would encourage them with the words that you encourage your disciples with. I will be with you, even to the end of the age. Father, I pray for those in here who know that they should be pouring into others. I pray that you would help them to heed to your call and to be obedient to your call to pull young men, young women along in the faith. Lord, I pray for our folks who have been walking with Jesus for some time. Lord, I pray that it wouldn't be something weird for them to teach others or to pull others along in the faith. Lord, I pray that you would bring humility to those younger in the faith. That it would be a part of the normal fabric of downtown church for those younger in the faith. To go to those older in the faith and to say, can I take you to coffee? Can I, can I know what you know? Can I learn from you? Can I grow with you? Can I just roll with you? Can I be a fly on the wall as you live life? Help us, O oh God. To follow your method. Lord, you did it 
with the twelve. You did it with Peter, James, and John, your inner circle. And I pray, Father, that we would find us some Peter, James, and Johns. I pray you would encourage us to find us some Timothys. Help us to be obedient to your call. Lord, I pray that you would bless these offerings that we're about to receive. And these tithes. I pray we would be obedient and generous in our giving. And Lord, I pray that you would multiply these gifts. That your kingdom would grow in Memphis, Tennessee. That your fame would grow in Memphis, Tennessee. That you would use downtown church, little old us, to be a part of church planting. To raise up leaders who are passionate about gospel-centered, disciple-making, multi-ethnic ministry. Help us to that end, O oh God. And I pray, Father, that you would blow our minds. That you would do more than we can begin to think or imagine. In Jesus' name, amen.